Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Age of Empires podcast. Uh, I am back with Chris. How's it going, Chris? Hi. Yeah, pretty well. Thank you, my friend. Um, pretty. I had a long day in the garden messing around. Um, I really do feel for those Celt lumberjacks because they're <laughs> a lot stronger than me. They can pull it off much better. I'm, I've basically retired on about six wood, so I've I've stopped for the day and uh, let's let's t- turn focus to Age of Empires now. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I, I actually, I think the other day uh, I was uh, moving dirt from one pile to, uh, to to all over the grass, you know, to make it all, you know, yeah. help the grass. I'm not going to get into too deep, but it's like, oh yeah, I did this for three hours, but I haven't done this in, in you know, months, <laughs> this kind of exercise. Now, all the muscles that I didn't expect are now uh, in pain in one way or another, but uh, no, fun times, fun times. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk some Age of Empires. So uh, on the last show, we talked some AOE 4 with my friend Matt. And today we're going to talk about some of the new things and maybe the other Age of Empires. The first thing I'll say right off the bat, really quickly, um, just to get your reaction, Chris. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, we don't really talk about AoE 3 that much. Maybe one day I'll do a single episode. I'll get someone who plays AoE 3 and do a single episode. I don't think I'll be doing anything more than that. I'm going to be uh, brutally honest here. Uh, but in AoE 3, they announced that the United States is a civilization they are adding to the game. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, well, I again, I've not got too much experience in AoE 3. I think I bought it a long time ago when it first came out with a machine that wasn't quite up to the job. Um, so maybe more more than anything, I'm curious about like you know someone someone uh, in in. Uh... You know the Queen's country. Uh, what what do you think of the states being at? <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you were to lob the states in as that mystery spare civ spot that people have been talking about in AOE two, for instance, then that would be mm. a bit more controversial. And you know, all all of our kind of um, flag waving and swords and shields and stuff that would that would feel a bit of a cheap shot. But I think AOE three is designed to kind of touch forward into i guess like sort of colonial type stuff they, they yeah they th- i think that's maybe a very fair point is that in AOE 3 they uh they're a little you go a little further forward in time so uh it mm. makes sense that the states would be there but not in AOE 2 if that yeah 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 i mean um, ev- whenever you see the sort of stars and stripes shamelessly everywhere you kind of think well is this is this some a bit of a, a marketing thing to try and please <laughs> a few people but uh you know certainly we're I'm over here with my Union Jack, and uh, you're just sitting north of it all, so I think we could be fairly objective. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't offend me too much. Um, but I think I don't there's think... a lot of people who buy into the sort of patriotism of it, probably. You think so? I, I honestly think that people who play OE3 will get this. Actually, you can get it for free um, mm. by completing 50 missions or like 50 things. So I think. People who are already playing AoE3 will probably complete those missions and get it. Um, I don't think this will necessarily bring in any new players to AoE3. And, you know, all things considered, I don't think it's actually, like, that bad of a game, right? Like, I think it's a a fine uh, RTS game, but um, sometimes I, you know, it's like, one, it's being compared to AoE2, and I think most people, when they play both, they tend to choose two. Um... And I think the other thing is, um, I think this is just kind of an I don't know if homage. It's kind of a nice thing for those who who really like that specific game. So I, I have really no problems about it. I don't think it'll change how many people buy the game. Maybe some people who who haven't tried the game might might try out just to play maybe at least the campaigns. Hmm. Um, I think I, I don't think. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it's something that I, th- I think is only really going to ripple amongst people who are already playing the game. I don't think if you yeah, said to someone who, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe plays their sports sims and stuff like that and said, oh, yeah, by the way, there's this, this game that's been out for ages and now you can be the USA, then that that doesn't, I don't feel, feel it's going to mean enough to them to um, to kind of cross codes and join the AOE community. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I th- yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think we're disagreeing, but it's a nice thing. Uh, it, the, the, yeah. I mean, the Civ itself looks pretty cool. Like, it looks like they have some cool ideas. So if you're an AoE 3 fan, uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. It, I think Let's... it's on the same thread as... as sorry, just to dive in. Yeah, um, yeah keep going. You know, when, when there's this sort of constant uh, production of new content and sort of curiosity pieces, um, I, I've definitely enjoyed that with AoE 2, and maybe that's mm. just the, what you can do with um more powerful i guess more more powerful um organizations behind games now whereas before it'd be like you pay your 30 30 english pounds or whatever and you get your cd and that's it whereas now i guess i've only really experienced it with aoe2 but more recently um games are a bit more flexible with with like new content more regularly so it's it's a good time for that kind of thing keeps people interested so yeah, and I, I think with a game like AoE 2, it's kind of like the streaming service model where while it might be kind of like... I, essentially, I feel like expansions, especially in AoE 2, uh, kind of feel like a, a streaming service, if that makes sense. Like you're yeah. kind of saying like, oh, ha- every half year, every year, pay 10 to 20 bucks. Um, you know, and if they get that from 50,000 people, right? Yeah. Then it's it's lucrative enough to keep making these little expansions, essentially. Yeah. I can see why um, they do it, but it, it still works for me. I, I really, in the great scheme of things, um, compared to things like throwing your money at alcohol or things like that on nights out, <laughs> in terms of the hundreds of hours that you get out of these games, uh, compared to the cost, even though they are making more money than they used to, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Well, well, my point is, I the reason I'm really okay with it is because it, it justifies the company to continue working on it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think if they saw a significant drop or like if the expansion happened and and nobody bought it right then i'd be worried because then the company might be like okay like why are we you know why are we creating this right yeah um so that that i don't want i like that the company's continuing to support the game also while we're talking about continuing to support the game i really like the new age of empires website um i don't know if it's if if it's kind of been like this before already but whatever the case with aoe4 coming out um if you go on their main website and hit hit games and then go to the four different games they have um every single game has all the latest posts it, it just looks really clean i'm just uh especially aoe4 if you want more information on aoe4 they have like great kind of infographic yeah. like picture with information type things i, I i'm really happy because it shows that there is an interest in this aoe4 product yeah um, it looks really and, clean and continuing and, and it, because of the fact aoe4 is coming out the other two games are being supported more as well, I feel. Or exactly. With with that visibility, you only get your one chance to make a first impression, really. So I guess it makes sense to have the website tip-top for any would-be um, new buyers or anything like that. But uh, it, it seems to me as well that the community and Microsoft are a lot more in sync than they used to be. So, for instance, if you log on through uh, Steam now, um, mm-hmm. Then you'll get updates on latest tournaments, and there's mention of some of the some of the pros by name and the casters by name, and and it, it just feels a little bit more integrated than just 
the kind of the sort of Silicon Valley guys and uh, and then and then whatever's happening on YouTube. It's it's kind of nice to have them married together. Yeah, I think I think ever since DE shit like like shifted into focus, mm. um, they it feels like there's been a renewed interest in supporting this product and working with community uh, members, which is awesome. Just, just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think like it wasn't quite the same in HD. I think there's a little bit of a revival in the HD, um, but I, this is kind of tough to say, but I don't think they would make the definitive editions without, um, without the AOE four on the horizon, if that makes sense. Right. Yes. I think, yeah. I think, I believe HD, well, I think it's what, 2013, 2014. Um, that probably would have been the last version of that game, right? Um, mm-hmm. But with AoE 4, they're essentially, you know, say what you want about developers and, and Microsoft, and I'm sure there's a lot of qualms that people have. With this particular game, I think they did a service, like to have an Age of Empires, the first one definitive edition, mm-hmm. um, like that is a service to to loyal fans, right? Absolutely. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, they have a loyal like it it's i think it's around you know i i, I bought both the d definitive editions both the uh the uh actually i think i might have gotten all of them honestly but um out of like you know, out of curiosity to try it out and stuff but i think they were made like if you're making age of empires one definitive edition and you it feels like it's a goodwill kind of offering in a little mm. bit you know yeah um i think it's in their interest to have a strong thriving community scene as well so you can see the the you know the the top brass at age of empires thinking you know what guys we know we're launching age of empires 4 in like five years or so you know let's let's strategically get everybody warmed up build the numbers from within keep everyone happy keep everyone positive um in the build-up to it which is what we've seen um i'm just hoping that they carry on investing and in giving it's all very well the, the sort of external nice things like maybe that what they've done with the USA and Age of Empires three, but as long as they're investing equal amounts of time, if not more, into things like balance and improvements to the actual game, which is re- the real service to the community. Um, this is what I am very much concerned about, and I mean I think, I think I've mentioned this before on the show. Um, do, are, here, here's my first question: Are you ever are you familiar with the Super Smash Bros. community? No, I'm not. No. Okay, so the situation that I feel might be created with the invention of AoE four hmm. is a similar um, situation which which happens with Super Smash Brothers, where they had melee, me- melee, melee. Um, Super Smash Bros. Melee was the game that uh, essentially all the pros played, and it's kind of defined as the most difficult game. And there's like a lot of I don't know, cool th- stuff you could do in that game, and the future games like slowed down and weren't kind of as competitive. They're more right. casual friendly. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of pro players, like there was a big kind of community grassroots scene that came out of that. Um, and just now with the uh, invention of AOE 4, uh, sorry, not AOE 4, uh, I'm thinking ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. Super Smash, the most recent Super Smash Bros. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of created it, mixing some of the newer games, some of the older games with like that tournament thing in mind. Um, and you kind of split the community every time you do that, right? There's like the people who are following the new game and then there's people who are like, we're playing the older version of the game. Um, and that's always a difficult thing. Now, to be fair, what ended up kind of happening, I mean, I'm not quite sure about the state of the scene right now um, with Super Smash Brothers, but what kind of ended up happening is that a lot of pros would just play both. Right. Um, and I think if, if 
what if the game AOE four plays at least similarly enough that I think there will be a lot of pros that play both, especially in the beginning uh, when I'm sure there'll probably be some kind of tournaments that like might incentivize you to play the fourth one. Um, and then, and then I think maybe a year, a year and a half after, there'll kind of be a bounce back, and people will kind of, you know, end up deciding what they're gonna yeah. watch slash play. I think people mm. will still hedge it by carrying on, you know, successful pros, especially as it's, the scene's now monetized. It's it's tried and tested, and people love it and are happy to forego complexity and graphics to stay within sort of um, D uh, Asian Empires two DE. Um, I reckon there'll be a bit of a put a pull from uh, Microsoft to get some of those top guys over. So whether that's some some streaming that's that maybe paid for. A hundred percent. The first year, like I imagine, uh, Viper. Um, okay, definitely the first month. Okay, every <laughs> every streaming content creator is gonna switch over. Let's not be. Let's not kid ourselves, right? Yeah, it's um, be a fair bit. And I think there'll be a push from Microsoft to get these top pros into these tournaments for the first year. After that, I think it'll settle down. It'll depend what the numbers are, right? And ultimately, someone like Viper, who who um, is a top player in AOE 2, um, but is also, you know, obviously streaming for a livelihood. Mm-hmm. For him, after a year is up, shall we say, from, from the release of AOE 4, I believe he'll essentially at some point make the decision like, okay, which one of these do I get more viewers with? And that'll be that'll be it. I mean, I imagine, or maybe maybe he's at a point where his viewers are relatively the same, and he'll decide which one he enjoys playing more, or maybe he'll alternate. Who knows? But he'll have that decision. I feel. Um, but I feel definitely when AOE four comes out, there will be a strong push towards it for a lot of people, um, especially if they can get some kind of like I have. You know, it, it's it's kind of weird for me to say. With, with kind of the case that's happening with StarCraft, but this may be a push for a lot of people who are into the RTS genre because I don't think there's any other big RTS game coming out from like right. a big developer anytime soon, right? I don't think there's any StarCraft 3 probably ever happening at this point. Um, this this may be the niche. Like, I think as long as AOB 4 is a really good game and if you can get all the other people from the RTS genres, I think this could become... You know, pardon the pun, or don't pardon it. I, I'm I'm going to join yeah. anyway. The definitive so, RTS uh, for y- years to come. I I honestly think so. If if they can nail how like how fun the game is, I think a lot of people from different RTS uh, games will congregate to it. Definitely, I think especially when you've got someone like Microsoft who've been in the game for a long time. Um, th- if you have any inkling that they're going to drop something th- of this scale, then clearly you're going to sit back and just see what happens because this is not the time to go stealing market share even from that point of view you know you're going to sit back see what happens maybe cross your fingers that it's another aoe3 and it doesn't doesn't get doesn't convert people um and then maybe later on you can say okay yeah cool well here you know here's here's our new game but i don't think that process will be happening for a while yet um i i also feel that i know of Mm -hmm. sorry um, yeah, I feel that, like, as you say, there will be a massive push for curiosity, if nothing else. Everyone will kind of have a play around with Age of Empires 4. Um, I think there will be a few diehards who will be quite cynical about it. So there will be people, some people maybe thinking, do you know what, I, I'd rather just go back, focus do a bit of training in AoE 2, maybe even climb the ladder a bit or focus a bit more or become a, um, you know, a, a more watched caster in AoE 2. Um mm-hmm 
because there'll be a bit of a reshuffle, I suppose. And um, you know, if people, a lot of people are going over to AOE four, then there's an opportunity for so third, fourth, fifth best casters or most watched casters to put a bit of a stamp on it. And people want the content for the they'll watch con- any content for the game that they want. So. You know, there's only so many hours to, to stream in a day, and if Viper's on AOE 4, then, you know, there might be a bit Maybe of space for AOE 2. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I cut you off, didn't I? Go for it. No, no, no. I, it's all good. Yeah, I, I think that's very much going to be a thing. I mean, this is another thing, right? Let's just say, okay, the first AOE 4 tournament does, you know, we cross 100,000 viewers on Twitch, right? I think the top <laughs> AOE 2 tournament has hit 50,000, right? Let's just say we cross 100,000, right? We gather all these different people. They're like, what is this? Why is everyone hyped about it? Uh, and they watch it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what a lot of content creators are going to be very wary of is that um, the that initial hype, right? That six months to a year period, I think will be very good. But yeah. I think it will drop off at some point, right? And the question is, what does it drop off at? Um, and for every new game and for every new fad that has ever existed, uh, that is always the question, right? Do you, is it still viable enough to continue on after that big drop, right? Um, yeah. Case in point, something like Overwatch, right? Insanely popular game, had its hype, had, you know, big ambitions for a league, um, and people who still play it, play it. And I think there's something to that, to the fact that they still have a very large community, a lot of, a lot of people willing to watch. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you you started off and there was a bunch of people, content creators that came out of nowhere, all of a sudden getting millions of views, right? Um, a year later, or sorry, two years later, that kind of disappeared, right? Um, and you compare that volatility to something like AoE 2, where right now, right? Let's just say there was no AoE 4 coming out. I still think, in general, the scene has slowly grown and persisted uh, for... Like, it feels at this point with AoE 2 Definitive Edition, someone yeah. like T90, someone like Viper, especially if the tournaments continue to go, uh, especially if they're crowdfunded tournaments, I think you can keep this going for another 10 years, right? Like, honestly. If it, um, it feels that way, it's not a new game. So it's... it's exactly, right? That it's lasting the test of time. And you see constantly there's new... People are, as you've seen from StarCraft and StarCraft 2, people are coming over to the game because it's it's turning a few heads and it's... It's, it's maybe not the most popular because you're always going to have these these mega games where you know you've got the million literally millions of 16 year olds all churning out their battle royales and stuff like that whether it's call of duty or um how can i forget the most popular Fortnite things like that you're they're always going to be incredibly popular but it seems to be actually generating more market share it's not just the old uh diehards and, and here's another big thing that a lot of people forget right is that the audience that plays AoE 2 is an audience that is actually willing to pay for a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you have, I mean, to be fair, a million 16-year-olds, okay, maybe maybe they'll find ways to pay for it, right? Uh, but yeah. I think I think people who work <laughs> have more likelihood uh, to pay continuously. So if they're, I think if they release DLC every six months, they mm-hmm. probably will have a stream of revenue that will justify creating more DLC, and can keep the game going for longer. But let's just say for that 10 years, the random yeah. number I threw up. I'm just uh, glad that the, the the game is established and it seems to be not needing to jump. You know, you have a lot of, there's a lot of, a million and one games now um, on apps, just on phone games. 
and you know there's there's in in-game purchases all all that kind of naff stuff that is basically just a big marketing ruse and just to keep bleeding money out of people it feels as though with with this obviously it's a proper game um it's it's immune to a lot of that flippancy it doesn't need to generate money in the same way which is a relief and the second it does then that's a worry but yeah and i mean i don't think they're going to do that with this kind of game right like i think they would create a very different rts if it was going to be uh what's it called uh those kind of purchases um focused i think they would create a very different looking rts um but that's just my two cents anyway uh regardless i think aoe 2 definitive edition is a very comfortable place um the tournaments, if if year by year, if they stick to around, let's just say fifty thousand, that's a success, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's something to you know. Let's just say these some of these T ninety tournaments are hitting around fifty thousand people watching uh, for the finals. Let's just say, yeah. I don't think they're necessary. Like it's great if it continues to grow, right? And AOE four is a chance for 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 RTS as a genre to continue to grow, and that's great, right? But I think yeah. in some ways, having four, five, maybe even six major tournaments with multiple thousands of dollars of prize pool every year for the next 10 years is in some ways more of a success or especially for content creators than necessarily a game that blows up is popular for two years and then disappears off the face of the earth right exactly That's just my two cents. Lo, lo to be behold, fair you're not there with the next fad so it's it's <laughs> exactly, it's better, exactly. It's better it shows its longevity you know you get more complex you know, uh, histories and backstories, thing, things like the fact that Viper had won all the hidden cups until the last one. That's that's yeah. kind of a back narrative that enriches the scene, and you only it it's not just watching the game. You are you're kind of watching the sort of history of the game unfold as well, which is enriching. It's it's a good thing, and that's what keeps us hooked. I think. No, for sure, and yeah. So I I am really hoping for AOE four success because uh yeah it'd be great but i am very confident that you know should it fall through or not be as popular as uh, they expected i think aoe 2 will continue to kind of have its uh longevity i hope at least right and this is obviously me not knowing any of the numbers right um mm. but regardless um yeah i think i think we'll leave that topic on there i want to talk about another new thing that that has been announced uh, for AOE 2, and that is the Dawn of the Dukes. Um, so this is the expansion. It's going to be focused on Eastern Europe. So I guess, you know, my heritage, I'm going to enjoy that part of it at least. Um, but more than anything, when it comes to what they announced so far with AOE 2, um, it is the thing that I really enjoyed was the fact that uh, it seems like they are looking to make existing campaigns co-op playable and this i really like um and it's it's one thing that i've felt about aoe2 most recently is i definitely have the most fun when i can get a couple of my friends and we just you know play one or two games uh and I, i i find more fun in that than necessarily playing like solo ranked grinds right uh, mm-hmm. you know trying to get the best ranked 1v1 right which is fine which is competitive but uh i'm someone who did that for starcraft for for four or five years yeah. you uh, and, out. and and uh for me myself personally like i already have a game which i'm currently like trying to grind to get better at so i have much more fun just you know hopping on once or twice a week 
uh, with yeah. some friends and playing some 2v2, some 3v3. Uh, and, and for me, that's that, that, that is my kind of enjoyment of the game currently. And so, um, Dawn of the Dukes, right. uh, sorry, if, with this Dawn of the Dukes expansion, if they, if they introduce co-op, even to older campaigns, I think, uh, it'd be, it'd be really fun to play some of the campaigns I never played before, uh, with a friend. I think that, that is really cool. Um, I, I personally, like when it comes to co-op campaigns, I think, so for some people it's like, okay, it's like this niche thing, right? Like I get it, but I think we underestimate how, how important it is to have like a friend or two that plays the same game that you do. Um, and, and co-op campaign missions or sorry, like this kind of co-op campaigns, um, is a, is a really good way to get people who might not necessarily play the game to try it out with you. Well, if I'm right. brutally honest, that's exactly that's the only reason I'm here now because during the start of COVID, instead of sitting on another Zoom call, I decided it wouldn't it just be a slight novelty twist to go back on a game that me and a friend used to go on, um, and you know it's it was out of my day to day. I wasn't gaming much at all, and um, I think you need if you've got the support of a friend, a good friend that you share it with, then that really does um, add to the enjoyment a lot. So that's what really got me here. Um, and I think it's something that you don't see in RTS games, that kind of cooperative um, campaign style. But it's, it's if you look at, say, first-person shooters, things like that, it's not a new concept as a whole, um, and it's very it's very successful. Um, the one the one thing that does occur to me, though, and you know, I, I will I'll try and be objective rather than critical. I'm not the biggest campaign head going, um, mm-hmm. but I I think. There's a, there's quite a, a few campaigns. There's, there's enough of them, but um, the thing that keeps games makes games worthy of your time is is the replayability. So if you strip it right back and look at something like chess, it's simple. Mm. The game board is the same, but there are a million ways it can evolve and be different game to game. So that's kind of how I see random maps. So what I'd worry about is if it's it's great for a bit, but once say you hit that twenty thirty hour mark of co op campaigning with your mates, then it feels like you might have kind of exhausted all the avenues you want to go down. So what pops into my mind after that would be, could you create some new game types? So you might have, you say, for instance, you could have like Siege or something like that, where you and a buddy could go on. And yes, it's you're against AI, but you've already got, a, you know, mm. you've already got a, a big castle. So you, you can play out the, the, the nuanced situations that you get in campaigns, but it's still, you know, you've got that infinite playability about it. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just saying let's yeah, do that campaign yeah. again, but on a harder skill setting, or yeah, have like specific missions, not make it like necessarily a full campaign, and be like, okay, have maybe like a, a thing where it randomizes a little bit. Um, yeah, the... yeah, I, I I get it, and hmm, I don't. See, I, you know, I'm aware it, that I'm being quite critical. Yeah, it, no, it's interesting to me because honestly, like I don't need it to be more than twenty hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair like enough. I'm. I'm actually pretty happy if if even it's one campaign and I just like this is a thing like, like one weekend or, or maybe maybe one month a friend and I beat and like I don't need to I don't need to replay that like replayability it's just a nice additional thing I can do right mm-hmm. um, speaking of other RTS games right in StarCraft 2 they introduced these co-op missions as well and the interesting thing that happened I think this was around 2019 um, is that the player base that actually played co-op missions became greater than the player base that played um, oh, wow. standard ranked games, 
right? The amount of people that actually played the, the regular matchmaking. Uh, and it's not what like the do? regular matchmaking went down. It's just that there was a lot of people that had either previously played StarCraft um, or still watched it or what have you. And they are much more down to uh, play these co-op missions um, with uh, with their friends every once in a while than like try to grind and become the, you know, become proficient enough to, to rank up and, and rank, yeah. right? Did, it was did a lot that, easier... That, that... Did they? Sorry, mm-hmm. did they sort of cannibalize it at all? Did they try to change it so to divert the traffic back across, or, or did no? Because it was it was an increase. It was, yeah, it's when the game came free to play, and uh, some of they had like co-op commanders. So like essentially, you you get, you get to be a god and you have some special powers while you're playing these campaigns, okay. shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so they had like a feature that was, um essentially like you could pay uh some money to get like some of the cooler ones right but most of the base ones were free regardless um it i think the point is is if you want to keep people in and around your game having these casual oh i can still enjoy the game but i don't have to you know feel like i need to practice two hours to three hours a day to 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 justify my experience right Uh, i actually think that's good in general um and it is healthy to have uh so i anyway i'm you may be critical i am very excited uh because i will say for myself personally right um i think there was a couple weeks where i was very into like playing 1v1s um and now i've kind of pushed back and i'm like i have way more fun just playing 2v2s or 3v3s yeah. with my friends no, so i completely agree with what with what you're saying and um maybe i was a microsoft executive in a past life i don't know why i instantly jumped <laughs> into thinking about its long-term playability and keeping keeping people trapped within the game and stuff but i, I guess that's where <laughs> my, my mind would would go um but no, well, be, well here's the very thing cool and i could definitely get lost in that yeah. socially on a friday night with some friends like that would be pretty cool well here's the thing if they're really smart about it right i would mm-hmm. make co-op playability maybe like two campaigns at a time and stretch it out if, if you want if you want right like I don't think you have to drop it all. You can even do one, one every two months, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Or, or let's just say one every four months. And what you've done, if you is you've created something that people can all like, oh, organize like, okay, every couple months, friends and I, we're gonna play through one of these campaigns in in co in a co op setting. Yeah. And yeah. I think that one extends its life. Um. But two, like just having someone. You know, be every couple months like let me enjoy this game again that I haven't pl- like picked up for the last month. Yeah, with this purpose, with the purpose of being you know with a friend, uh, I think there is something to that. Uh, I don't. This is not stuff that is is you know ex- apart from maybe I think there are some people that might you know you know purchase the the game for their friends and then mm. <laughs> and then play some co op with them. It might be a good way to introduce some people to RTS. Uh, yeah. especially if you're like really good so so they don't have like the fear of oh no i need to like be able to perfectly manage everything you can just literally kind of give them you know maybe the the hero and some 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 units and he, you play around them um so i think it's good from that perspective but regardless i'm i'm excited anyway <laughs> yeah, no, it, it does it sounds good and actually the way you've described it does does make me quite excited about it too um i i'm gonna try and try and get involved i think um and actually just Flash through my mind. You know, you know how almost like with a television series, you get they keep you on tender hooks and they give you just enough. You get that one episode a week or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd quite like the idea of that if they just drop a new 
new battle almost as part of the, an ongoing campaign. And maybe if you achieve certain objectives and not others, then it takes you in a slightly different direction. Or mm. I think that could be quite a cool thing as a continuing thread. Um, yeah. And, and I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I'd more likely play through, like, let's just say they, at some point in the future, they've ended up making these co-op things and re- releasing them kind of regularly, uh, especially when they're not releasing DLCs, for instance. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's a more likelihood that I'd play through all the campaigns just because I could invite my friend to play it. Yeah. And I think I'd have a lot more fun. Because, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I've had my complaints, right, about, like, not enough cutscenes or not enough, you know, especially in AoE uh-huh. 2, some, some some missions devolve into into just generic skirmish or whatever. Um, but a lot of those kind of complaints are because I'm sitting there, let's just say a mission is going to take an hour, right? Whatever happened in the mission, it's going to end up taking an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like when it starts to feel like a chore. But I know if my friend was there and both laughing about the silliness of what's going on, I think I'd yeah. enjoy that time and feel like it's much yeah. more well spent. If that I think I've, there's been, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a lot more content out on, say, YouTube at the moment with um, where lots of interviews with uh, a previous AOE2 developer, one of the, the mm-hmm. guy, first guys who sort of set it up. Um and sorry, I've just lost my train of thought completely there. What was I going to say? What, it, what, was I what, what are say? these new developers doing? Um, sorry, I've I've completely lost my train of thought there. I don't know. Uh, I think I heard a noise in the garden or something. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Uh, did sure did they? Did they? Let, let me guess. Did they say something to the fact that like some of the original campaigns were not well thought out? <laughs> um, Is it? <laughs> oh gosh, what, hmm. new content YouTube? I don't know. Sorry, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna have to uh, put a cross through that one and come back to it potentially. Um, what what you were gonna say is you're gonna say yeah that some of these AOE uh, you know were having interviews with developers uh, and in them they mentioned the meaning of life and so that meaning of life I've now lost. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've, uh, yeah, so some things just gone good. grayed over. A big gray clouds just moved on through in my head. Um, no worries we can we can continue on here i think we've talked about uh co-op missions enough so um with that in mind uh maybe i want to use the last segment of the podcast here uh to have you talk about your initial thoughts of aoe4 because i know you're a little bit cynical okay Mm. maybe a little cartoonish some of the things what are your thoughts on aoe4 i'll give you the platform here chris well do you know what i from what i've seen of it and it's it's a case like everyone else of just picking through as much content as you can, as much playable like in-game content um, to try and become at ease and try and understand how it's going to work. Um, I've talked at length before about how the more graphical gimmicks that you throw in there, they're not necessarily problems, but anything that adds conf- confusion or distraction almost from the core mechanics of the game, which is should be two humans duking out strategy really that's what it should be about and again i'm harping back to chess um tried and tested what what you're looking to get is is uh, it the game itself is a tool and a mechanic to allow those human interactions and all the you know the brilliant unpredictable things going on i i kind of feel that when you when you go 3d when you zoom in when you do this and that you can lose it um but no I, I, that said um, lots of people have been very critical of the scaling in the game, like so the size of of buildings compared to um, the units, and then also the size of the weapons compared to the units. 
Um, Interesting. I think, yeah, Interesting. I, I think they've they've sort of said it's a perennial problem with development of any of these games, and it's because you need to have them to you need identifiable units. So, you know, if if everything was perfectly to scale, the the units would be too small, um, and also you wouldn't be able to see what they were. So the, by having I agree. Weapons, I'm I'm actually with the developers see. here. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I think I think smaller buildings so you can actually see what's going on in your town center um and bigger units is while yes maybe doesn't look as realistic right from a playability and just yeah, looking at exactly. the screen perspective i think is way better it's so mechanics i personally am with developers on this one yeah same same i mean a, a massive realistic size town center or market is yeah that's just a waste of screen space basically that's i mean you can click on like it your in, whole, the, in a couple of pixels your whole map you... would be yeah. messed up <laughs> it, it looked beautiful but uh, i don't know did you ever play the game called uh it was called commandos um no no i haven't it's the second world war game absolutely beautiful game really well rendered it was ahead of its time um yeah they were quite big they were massive maps but the buildings seemed to be scaled exactly to the to the characters in that and that was quite bizarre there's no way it would work for something like age of empires but um, no i'm with the devs on that although it does have a a slight um a slightly the three i think it's the 3d element gives it a slightly cartoony less serious feel um and again it's it's me on my soapbox about stepping away from the human to human mechanics um it feels like it might be a bit more complicated um maybe also because you, th- you think the game's gonna be more complicated uh i, I feel like yeah i, I don't feel... think so i actually think they're gonna have yes they're gonna have complexity in the different factions but like, I think there's going to be definitely like my hope, and this is actually one thing I did mention on the previous show um, with Matt mm-hmm. is my hope with AOE four is that they make sure, like I almost wish they had less civilizations starting off. You know what I mean? I think they do, especially actually, if they're going to make them all as- asymmetrical. They're making them all different, right? I will. Yeah. I actually want less. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But they're they're um, they're putting sort of sub civilizations in, aren't they? In that you can. Yeah, specialize and you can turn. It's dynasties, I think, isn't it? You, you can basically go down a certain road, and yeah, you you have uh, a Chinese Chinese Ming dynasty, for instance, um, which is it's kind of cool. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, and maybe whether they'll try and run with that and put in more dynasty options. Uh, whether that will get you to the point where you have the same level of options. I as agree you have with you too. I don't know, but. I agree with you that that kind of stuff does worry me, right? Because mm. I think there, I think in general, there are a lot of things in AOE three that are cool things if I'm playing solo campaign, right? But they are yeah. not, they're not cool when you're trying to do one v ones, right? I completely agree. One v one needs to be uncomplicated. It needs to be like, right, which is my functional unit? What do I need to be doing? Right, let's get that done as soon as possible. And the skill needs to be in the execution rather than some of the. It can still things... be asymmetrical. You can still have every, some, like, actually have a different way of playing the game. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. can't be, the complexity can't be convoluted. Maybe that's what I'm trying to go for, right? Yeah. It can't be yeah. to the point where it's like, Okay, yes, every 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 uh, different Civ that I choose, they, they play differently, and there's like fun different ways of playing it, uh, but I shouldn't feel like there's one Civ I look at, and it's like, 
what do I do? You know, like, yeah, yeah. It I can't be feel lead. hopeless. <laughs> it should be wieldable. You should be able to control it and do with it what it's supposed to do. It shouldn't just be mm. a totally different dynamic and a function of graphics. And it, it, it needs to work and stack up and then be incredibly carefully balanced against other civs. The further they go yeah. apart, the more chance there is for, you know, just uh, a meta just destroying the... Um, you know, if 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 one has a clear advantage in a certain strategic situation, then then that just gets hammered by everybody playing uh, competitively. Um, but I mean, mm, I, don't, I, I mean, I, I've played Settlers back in the day, and this was yeah. before online, and I wasn't bothered about playing online. I was a lot younger, and I actually had no problem with the fact it was quite cartoony because I felt that the actual mechanic of the game, although it was a bit frustrating in what you could and couldn't instruct, I I found that the the game itself felt quite clever and the way that the economy worked was clever, even though it was cartoony mm. and it was the, the, the scaling was way off. Um, I had no problem with that at all. And I think before um, I, I don't mean complex as in, I, I, I fully think they will keep the same interface broadly as, as with the previous age of empires games. I just think if, if the screen's too busy, for instance, or maybe mm. you can spin the camera 360 degrees. So your base yeah. is in a different orientation, that kind yeah. of thing. That that yeah. just makes me feel sick, and I feel like I've been on a roller coaster. And that's not that's not the mentality where it's kind that. of you know where you, you just want to be really getting better at a set closed skill and going right, okay, here we go, three villages, town centre, crack on, let's build a house as quickly as I can, let's get through this. Do you know what I mean? You, it needs yeah. to become a human skill rather than just getting lost in this cinematic experience. But but I don't know. I want to. I think the proof's in the pudding. We need to need to play it. Um, need to see how it feels um, and to be honest they're always going to show us um, cinematics and graphically impressive things and the other franchises did the same I remember trying to recreate things on Scenario Builder on the Age of Empires 1 that just you know you just don't get in the rest of the game that you see maybe on the cover of the box but <laughs> so yeah I'm still open minded um, but uh, yeah a lot of people have been complaining about the arrows apparently as well because um, they look very big um, and they you, look a bit it's good. so it's so funny to me i cuz i know what the developers are doing right they're trying to create a game that somebody who plays league of legends or dota yeah could feel at home with okay mm-hmm. even with the rts editions right and i think they should do this right and I understand the complaints from the AOE2 community specifically, but I think the reality is, is if the game was too similar to AOE2, then people would then it, it doesn't make sense to make a new game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I agree. It's a different engine. Mm. It's different everything, and you want that. That it needs to be a proper treat because you know if they just said, "Oh, surprise! Here's three new sieves," then everybody would be complaining about that, and that there's no genuine innovation. So I think it's it's important and. What's also true is, you know, you get you get people playing competitively, but then they also want to chill as well. I, I really can mm. see, this is more visually impressive, I really can see people sticking with AoE 2 for the competitive stuff because it's pithier mm. and it's down to your mm. skill. But they'll go they'll go over, they'll, they'll cast, they'll make a bit of uh, content and they'll just go there to hang out with friends. It'll be a visually enjoyable experience, I'm sure. Whether it works in a competitive sense in the same way, I don't think it will but it's definitely going to be a bit of a treat. Mm. 
All right, awesome. I I think we've we've concluded your thoughts. I if you want more of my thoughts, you can go to yeah. the previous uh, AOE four specific episode that I did. Um, oh, go but on, yeah, I think. Me. What do you think? Just in a nutshell, what do you think? I will go. I promise, I, I will go back. But uh, what what are your summary thoughts? On it? I'm really excited. Um, but there are some things that we realize we need to still speculate on, um, and what those had to do with was with. Um, the way buildings are going to be built and walls, how walls function. Those are one of the right. biggest kind of t- key takeaways that we're, we're intrigued by uh, mm-hmm. and we'll see what they do. But you, you had people, you had actual units on walls, right? Yes. Um, yeah. And so part of me was really excited by the idea that um, maybe you could actually use like siege towers the way they are intended uh, and fight yeah, over, nice. take over a gate and then open that gate. I thought that would be a really cool idea. I don't know how competitively viable or fun it is. Yeah. Um, but but from a from a just the thought that, oh yeah, you can actually use siege towers for what they're purposed for. I think you, you um, nailed it on the head earlier. You know, when you said uh some things will be um you know better um you know good good for one player, you can visualize it being a really good addition when you're playing on your own rather than necessarily the competitive scene i feel that's the same there i think it would be really cool to mess around with and stick guys on walls but then if you get to the sort of pro strategy it's I, all about being lean yeah. and having an army that's mobile and that you're using effectively like i can't imagine people committing 20 to 30 units just to hang around on their walls for the, for half a game you know um well anyway we don't know exactly how that works yeah. but i am I'm definitely more excited than you. I can say that right off the bat. Right, okay. Um, uh, because, um, and maybe this is the state where I am, right? Where I'm looking for innovation. I'm looking for new things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if I, if, if it is just an AOE 2 or very similar to AOE 2 in some respects, um, then I honestly am like, I, rush, I would just play AOE 2, right? Um, yeah. I'm looking for a new game. I'm looking to see what they innovate on. And I want it to be fun, but also... Um, yeah, I, I, okay, there's there's a whole other topic that I'd like to get into you, um, and it's about specifically designing RTS games. But mm. I think, uh, and that's something that we can maybe talk about in a future show. That could be one of our big okay. topics on the future show. Um, because I... Maybe, maybe to give a trailer on this episode, at the end of this episode... Um, I was listening to a podcast, an episode, um, I'll probably link it in the next episode, but it's talking about, um, how one of the difficult things about designing RTS games is the getting new people into it, right? That the base mm-hmm. level of skill required to start it, um, and what people expect when they start playing RTS games and what actually happens. But what people expect when they start playing RTS games is that I'm going to have a big army. I'm going to get to fight with this big army, Right. Yeah. Um, but what you don't realize is that you have to play for maybe about 20 to 100 hours before you can even make that army. Um, like you have yeah. to get good enough to create that army really quickly. So that will be something that maybe we'll talk about in a future episode. How about that, Chris? Yeah, no, that sounds very good. And there's, uh, there's already examples that spring to my mind that over my sort of formative years, games that have made me think like you know really wet my appetite just because the scale of the the fighting so something like shogun total war where you've got potentially you know hundreds of units all there and it's really organized looks really lovely I, I, and then as you say against other games which maybe focus on a slightly lesser number of units and how, how that actually works 
competitively and um, yeah so we'll table that discussion for now um but i'm really happy to hear your thoughts on it before uh, i'm sure i'll continue maybe to, even even if it's just small segments in this show i'll yep. continue to ask you uh if there are updates what what are your thoughts on those updates perhaps um yeah but regardless uh, i think we had an awesome show here uh when the next show will drop uh i'm i think as people have realized we're uh we are very we are not as consistent as maybe at hope um but we did say that from the beginning of the show we won't i think i think the month it was a month between our uh most previous two episodes um so i'm gonna try to make sure that doesn't happen um again so i'm gonna try to at least make sure it's every two weeks three weeks max right i'm gonna really try to make sure we have something um and it seems i might you know uh might try to make sure i have a, a couple different people to talk to i don't think that would be a bad idea chris uh, no have, no like, absolutely schedules feel free to uh call it in as, as as you see fit you've got to give the people what they want regular content <laughs> regular content yeah or more regular at least uh yeah. so yeah we'll look to do that um uh, but anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and, and I love talking about like how to design RTSs and stuff. So I think we'll continue to talk about that on the next episode. Uh, and yeah, I think we'll end it here. So uh, for myself, from Chris, uh, I hope all of you had a good one, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. See you next time.